Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. So hi everyone, welcome to Enlightened Conversations with me as your host, I'm Leila Mirza and I have the lovely Petra Magenta today. Nice to see you Petra. Nice to see you too. Again, thank you for inviting me to come along and speak. Thank you. Thank you. So Petra is all the way based in Christchurch, England. Um, Petra is also a channel and has the collective consciousness of the nines, which we will go into. Also an author of the lovely Masters of the Matrix book that I received. Thank you very much for my copy. Um, Petra's- oh, good. Glad you got it. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm so excited. I haven't read the whole book yet. Um, also, you are um, doing some conferences in London, the 5D conference in London. Yes, just one at the end of May, 28th of May. That's great. Um, and also, I'd like to tell everybody that you do have a YouTube channel with over, I think it is 40,000 subscribers. Up to 42,000 now, just reached 42,000 last week. So, wow, this is amazing. I'm so excited to speak to you about this. I've been watching you, watching you, writing to your blogs on Facebook. I've been following you. I've been having a look at your YouTube channel, and it's amazing. Thank so, you. <laughs> tell me, I have so much to speak to you about and ask you. It's really admirable, you know, the courage you have and everything that you are doing alongside. When did your journey start? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I would say probably looking now, looking back, right from birth, really. And I think anyone who takes a spiritual path and gets to a point where they're reaching many people and teaching, it, it kind of starts at birth. But um, consciously, as in consciously taking a fully aware spiritual path. I would say this started um, around uh, 1993. <clears throat> had a series of uh, synchronicities in my life, you know, like meaningful coincidences in my life that led me up to a point where I, um, I ended up moving into a flat with my brother I'd had some really <clears throat> unusual experiences that had occurred in the previous weeks that I was quite confused about and somewhat troubled. And moving in with my brother, I actually got closer to him. I managed to open up and tell him what was happening to me, which was really um, psychic opening, being able to sense people's thoughts, um, translate what they're thinking. Um, to the point where I was in a room and I could actually feel what everyone was thinking all at once. But it was overwhelming for me. It was troubling. I thought I was going crazy. It wasn't a, a, a positive experience. It was very troubling. And it turned out that unbeknownst to me, my brother had been researching spirituality for several years. And so he started to tell me some of the things that he knew that he'd discovered within his spiritual journey. And all of this seemed to make sense to me. So. I then found us together, my brother and I, we, we shared a flat for sort of six months in the summer back in 1993. And the entire six months was like a, um, a synchronistic unfoldment of a very rapid 
what the nine call fast tracking spiritual journey. Um, and at that point, uh, I'd come across a spiritual medium work. I had a strong feeling that I would do something similar to this spiritual medium, but different. I then discovered a book called Channeling. I then followed the exercises within this book to make contact with my own um, what I called a spirit guide at the time. And I made that contact and um, continued from there, really, for, the, for those intense six months. Um, so that's kind of when I started to wake up spiritually. And that would have been in 1993. Wow, that's interesting. So what was it like in 1993 having, having this awakening, would you say? What was that experience like? Well, as I said, at first it was troubling because I didn't understand the experiences. But once I'd started to communicate with my brother and everything started to make sense to me, it then became a very, very amazing time, very, very intense time where I was being connected with people that were similar to myself. Um, things were happening, uh, as in making this communication with this, this spirit guide that um, introduced himself as white spirit and told me he was a fifth dimensional entity. So I'm making these connections with him in meditation and then eventually that happened naturally outside of meditation. Um, and he would be telling me things and then things would happen a few days later. So I was getting uh, what the, the nine would call the meaningful subjective experience. At that time, White Spirit told me that there were big changes occurring on this planet um, and that, you know, everyone on this planet would be affected. There would be huge changes. It would be a wonderful time, but also a very challenging time. Um, and he told me that what we were going through now in 1993 was a rehearsal. It was a dress rehearsal, not the actual performance. I'd done a lot of drama since the age of eight. I'm from a theatrical family. My father was an opera singer. My mother was a ballet dancer. So um, I understood what a dress rehearsal meant. And I knew how important a dress rehearsal was, but I knew it wasn't the performance. And he said, we will let you know when it's the actual performance. I didn't really understand what this meant other than this synchronistic time of intense spiritual awakening and magic was a rehearsal for something that would be similar one day, um, but it would be in some way a real um, change on the planet rather than this being a preparation for that change if you like but I presumed that I was this was like a year later you know 1993 the real ones happening in 1994 I didn't think I'd be waiting until 2008 which is when they told me it was time for the performance and I kind of gave up a bit really after those intense six months my brother and I took different paths in life um you know, I went on and had two more children and he went on and, you know, moved into a different area of his life. And I think that connection was always there. I've always been able to channel ever since 1993, but I didn't do that constantly. Sometimes I'd go months without communicating. Um, so I got to a point where I kind of, part of me gave up and thought, well, nothing's happened, you know, um, that crazy time in my life. I was just a bit crazy, but then something would happen again. And I'd think, oh, that's just like what happened then. So it is still happening. Then I'd go through a period where I'd be communicating again. And I think really what happened was 
and this is what the nine have told me, the nine being the, collect, the, the white-winged collective consciousness of nine, which is an upgraded version of white spirit, but in its, it, they are um, a separate entity to white spirit, but simultaneously they're the same entity as white spirit and the same entity as me. Me being in the third dimension, white spirit was in the fifth dimension and they're in the sixth dimension. And I think what they've told me now is all the starseeds, light workers, um, these individuals that are here to assist the planet go through this, this transition. They've all been through a similar journey where they've had some kind of practice run, some kind of early um, awakening. The, the, obviously people of my age, I mean, we've got obviously much younger people who are leaders in this field and um, obviously they haven't had to go through a practice run because they've been born at the actual time. Um, so it was 2008 when I, by that time I was working with the upgraded aspect, the white winged collective consciousness of nine that I call the nine. It was in 2008 that they said to me, do you remember when we told you that it was a dress rehearsal? And I'm like, yes. And they said, well, okay. now it's the performance in a very calm way. And I'm like, what now? You mean, really? Now it's the, and I'd waited like, you know, so long to hear that, those words. And I, I didn't think it would ever come. I couldn't believe it when they just calmly said, now's the performance. So I said, what do you want me to do? And they said, you need to connect with this group of people that I'd kind of known about since I was a child. I've known since really young, probably as young as eight or nine years old, that I was looking for this group of people that were all like me. And I was quite despondent throughout my teens that I couldn't find them. So they spoke about connecting with this group of people. And I said, well, where are they? And they pointed to the internet. That's where I would find them. So that's when I kind of got online. And that led to me making these videos on YouTube and meeting people and... Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow, that's quite inspiring. I mean, I've, I've, I've looked at your book briefly, and um, you speak about, like I've had mentioned about the nines. So how did that come about? And the nines, is that something that you've chosen? As you, is that, is that the, co the consciousness, the collection? Well, when I was... Your, what would you say? When I was speaking to White Spirit and he told me that he would upgrade um, to a sixth dimensional aspect of himself, but that this entity would be an individualized entity in its own right. Um, over a period of days, that upgrade took place and I was with one being. Um, this transition took place within and I was with one being, a white winged being that looked like an angel most of the time. It, it did change form somewhat and sometimes had a face of a bird with a human body. But most of the time it was a, a human looking angel with wings. And then after a while, not very long, this one winged being morphed outwards into parallel aspects of itself. And when I counted, there were nine. Then I felt a much stronger intense energy i then realized i was with a collective so when i asked them their name i was um <clears throat> told their name was unpronounceable and they tried to show me their name which all i can explain is it's like a frequency it, it couldn't be translated into a name in the english language so basically they were saying, what do you want to call us you can call us whatever you want you know we have many names and so i said well 
you've got white wings, there's nine of you and you're a collective consciousness. So I called them the white winged collective consciousness of nine. I now realize that I've got the longest name for any guides, I think in the new age community, but I just, that's what came out. So people often refer, uh, this wasn't me, people will write um, WWCC9 um, when they're talking about my guides, uh, which I think is quite sweet. Uh, but since then, obviously I've called them the nine. Um, because there's nine of them, but that's just a fifth dimensional presentation, even though they're sixth dimensional, um, they're a sixth dimensional collective consciousness. The presentation of the white winged beings is a fifth dimensional presentation, which is archetypal, but uh, the sixth dimensional presentation is geometry. It's a geometric field. So I now know that the nine are archetypes that present from a matrix grid. And that matrix grid is, you know, A, right across the planet, right across the galaxy, throughout the universe, but it's also us the true essence of us, we're a replica of that source energy. So the aspect uh, of us, it's, it's like a large uh, matrix, if you like, around us, like a large wheel or, or, um, or a torus or a mandala or a sort of complicated, intricate aura. And it's an intelligent field. So that's what the nine are in their sixth dimensional um, presentation. Uh, if, if you know what I mean. So that's what I'm communicating with, which means everyone can do it. We all have a matrix field. We all have this um, aura with these codes within that um, hold a blueprint for our entire reality within this life and within other incarnations. So everyone can communicate with that field and it presents in so many different ways. That's what they've told me anyway over the years. Oh, wow. That's, that's quite cool. So how did they present themselves to you? And is it like downloads of information that you, that you get? Okay, that's interesting. So first of all, uh, when I communicated with White Spirit, it was in meditation through a visualization. But the visualization co was combined with a strong emotional feeling as in well, it's like a chakra activation, but I used to feel the energy through the chakras, mostly in the heart, see clairvoyant images that would flash in front of my uh, eyes and, and hear their voice. But when I say hear, it's not really like someone's actually speaking to me, although that has happened on a few occasions where it's actually like someone's talking in my ear. But most of the time it's like, words are placed into my mind. So that's how it was in meditation. Then it started to happen outside of meditation. So it was like I was in meditation and I was not at the same time, which the nine tell me that's exactly the situation. It's a change in brain waves. You go into meditation or hypnosis or whatever trance state and you change the brain waves to be able to make the connection. And then the brain remembers what it's doing and then you can do it in your waking state, walking down the street, going shopping. You can be in that beyond the theta brainwave state while you are fully grounded at the same time. That takes practice. So it has evolved into um, this sort of, uh, you know, this, this dualistic connection, I guess, where I'm half completely grounded and I feel normal and half in a trance. Um, and in that trance state, I can see them. I see the images they show me. I can feel these words being put into my mind. Now, sometimes this comes as a download, as in um, 
a lot of the time it's a question triggered connection. So I will ask them a question or I'll talk to someone and they'll be there. I'll ask a question and they'll come in and I feel like a, a connection. Um, that's, that's the only way I can explain it. It's like a sort of a, a change, a shift in um, the way I feel and I will start to hear them. Or sometimes I will just wake up in the morning and there's like a download there. It's like a, a thick, heavy cloud of consciousness and it's sitting there waiting to be unraveled. And um, I kind of liken it to a mum who has a newborn baby who is feeding that baby themselves, breastfeeding. It's like you wake up and you're full of milk and you need to feed your baby. And if you don't feed that baby, you will get uncomfortable. It's yeah. exactly the same. It's like an energy. And if you don't bring that energy down, I mean, you don't feel uncomfortable. It's just that it's always there and it's waiting to come down. And so that's what I call the cosmic download. I now know that that's called a monad. It's a living um, sort of transmission of communication. It's just that higher dimensional energy doesn't communicate with you, with you the way we do in this linear, drawn out way. It will take half an hour to explain something. With them, an entire you know, six weeks of communication is sitting in one moment and you draw it down and unravel it. So that's what happened with the book. Um, I was given the title Masters of the Matrix after having a conversation with my partner who was asking me lots of questions about past life contracts. When I turned to the nine a few days later in the intention of bringing through this information for another video for YouTube, there was this monad, this, this, this cloud with all these geometric sort of shapes and, and high energy that I thought, oh goodness, this is going to be interesting to unravel. It had a, a different frequency. And then I would start to bring that through. And how I prefer to bring this through is through writing. I literally take a pen to paper or I will use the keyboard and I will make that connection and bring it through through writing. And the reason why that's so um, good for me personally, the nine tell me that when you write, you are using the left and the right hemisphere of the brain simultaneously. The left hemisphere is the actual act of writing, but the right hemisphere is the communication and the information. So it brings a nice balance. Um, I always find when I write the information that they want to give me, it seems to have a focus and a direction that isn't there so much when I'm talking to them. I'm still feeling them and I can still feel their energy and communicate with them and hear what they're saying. But I find writing for some reason, it just comes in on this sort of more narrow focused uh, sort of trajectory, if you like. And that's how it, it works. And that's how it worked with, with the book. So with, with, with the nine and with your everyday life and with work, how do you, do you incorporate this with your clients? Would a client come and see you and this is how you would work through channeled, getting all your information channeled? Um, or do you think your purpose really with the nine on this lifetime is to, to, to speak through? Well, when I speak to a client, um, it really depends what that client wants and what they've come to me for. I mean, I, I will say I'm not actually taking personal client sessions at the moment. Um, I've sort of moved into more, uh, you know, interviews and talks and I'm writing my second book. Um, I may well resume client work at some point in the future, but I'm, I've not been doing any for a while. Um, because sometimes client work is a different energy to a global connection. And it takes just as much um, energy to make 
a connection for one person as it does for an entire planet. And there's so much going on globally right now. But when clients come to me, it depends what they want. If, um, when I, when I see a client, I will read the energy field. So I'm looking at their matrix field and seeing where there are issues. And, um, you know, I can usually tell what that client wants before I've met them just by their, their photograph because I can see the energy field. So most of the time, nine times out of 10, I work on a psychic level with my clients, as in I work as me, as Petra Magenta. Um, I don't need to have the nine there because I can usually know where the issues are and I, I can help this person as me. But sometimes I get clients who come along and the energy with them is so expansive, especially within the uh, focus of their own questioning, especially some very scientific thinking men will have very, very expansive questions. And I have no idea as me, as Petra, as Magenta, how to help them or how to answer them. So those are the occasions when I would bring through the nine and then speak directly to these particular people. So that has happened and it's very interesting and it's a different way of working. And I guess you could call it um, psychic work or mediumistic channeling work, but really, it is the same thing. You're still using your own body. You're just changing the brainwave state to a slightly... What, what the nine explained to me is it's like we have three triads of, um, of, of memory that we can access. And the first triad is kind of like our own natural creativity, our own awareness, the, the knowledge that we've accumulated within this lifetime on a conscious level. The second triad is knowledge we have accumulated on a conscious level and knowledge we've accumulated on the periphery of that. Meaning, I could be looking at you right now, but downstairs the television might be on and there might be some report that I'm subliminally hearing with my hearing, but I'm not hearing it. I'm not consciously taking it in. But you can access that. You can access everything. You know, you could go to a shop and see 30 people in that shop, but you're only concentrating on your shopping. But that periphery aspect, that second triad, has noted everyone in that shop. So at a later stage, you can move back into that experience, back into that memory and access everything on the periphery. So that's more like um, looking at the most probable outcome of situations. Everyone can do this when they expand to the um, change in brainwaves that takes you into that second triad. So it's everything you have seen throughout your lifetime from birth, from birth into this life, right from being a baby. You can access all everything on the periphery. The third triad is that which you've accessed outside of this lifetime, as in all the other lifetimes. So that would take you into a more um, sort of more super conscious memory. That's really accessing what people often know as the Akashic records, everything that's ever happened, everything that's happening now and everything that ever will happen. Um, so they're the three triads that I work with um, when I, you know, do a global reading or when I do an individual reading. Um, it's really translation of energy using the natural organic abilities that every human being has. Every single human being has these abilities. Every single one. So how can these human beings access these abilities? Because, you know, sometimes people come to you 
not knowing how to get into the power or where the yes. power is when really the power is within. So how yes. do you tell someone or if I come to you and I say, so Petra, how can I access these? Yes. Well, so many ways, obviously meditation is a really good way because that gets you into that sort of relaxation, that trance state and makes those connections. That's one way. Um, bodily movement that creates flow also is a trigger. So something like yoga, Tai Chi, Eurythmy, certain forms of dance, certain forms of martial arts, most martial arts techniques, that's a very male path, but they are also triggers. Um, certain foods you eat. So if you're having a very clean diet with um, high levels of uh, life force within your food, so perhaps a raw food diet um, would be a trigger or having green smoothies with say super super powders like um, um, wheatgrass or, or chlorella that, that's a trigger raw cacao powder is a trigger in a different way it's more of a stimulant but it's still a trigger um, there are other techniques um, such as creating um, a visualization for yourself so I asked the nine it was, it was white spirit actually at the time how can I teach other people to do what I do if they ask me because um, obviously that, that happened throughout my life. Most of my teachings is teaching other people to do what I do. So the technique they gave me was to visualize a very small being, um, maybe a two inch little fairy or a pixie, which is where I got the name Magenta Pixie because I'd worked with the pixies in this way. So you would envisage, you would visualize a little two inch, um, say, say you're choosing a pixie, you would imagine that that little pixie stood on your hand and you look at that pixie and you see the pixie's wings and the shoes and the little coat and the, and the hair and the pointed hat or whatever your pixie's, you know, wearing. And then you take the awareness of, number one, this isn't real. This is a figment of my imagination. It doesn't exist and there's nothing on my hand. That's true. And that keeps you grounded because that's your third dimensional awareness of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Then you start to expand that awareness and then you would move into the awareness of this little pixie on my hand by virtue of my thought, which creates it. Thought is creation. Therefore, everything thought holds gives life. Therefore, you create a thought form. You create an entity by virtue of your thought. It's a creation. But from the perspective of that creation, there is a, an individualized entity, an individual, individualized structure of consciousness. So you would be aware that you are creating a thought form, which is just as real as nothing exists on my hand. It's a figment of my imagination. But also you would take the perspective of that pixie, which is I've always existed. Mm. And I have waited until, you know, the 31st of May, uh, sorry, 31st of March, um, to be, for whoever's listening now, to be introduced to the pixie. That's also a true um, perspective. So once you take that perspective, you stay grounded as in doesn't exist. You move into it does exist. It's a thought form. It's a, it's a consciousness. You then make a connection with that consciousness. And that would be through your emotions. So you'd hold this pixie and you would say, hello, I love you. And you'd feel love for the pixie. And you would imagine that that pixie is loving you back and waving at you. You see children 
they do this all the time when they play with their imagination what are they doing then it's not just a useless game they are exercising their emotions and their imagination they're connecting with other dimensions and then it gets to the point where children you know often lose that because of the pressures exactly so look at the children if you want to know how to make these connections look at the children so the next step is practice that's the key practice 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 so you communicate with this little pixie or fairy or wizard or try and use a human a humanoid being i had one client who chose a dog so when she tried to communicate with it all it did was bark (laughs) you will get a representative of what you're creating but if you choose a humanoid entity, I, I very recommend the elemental realm. So pixies and fairies are wonderful to work with. You then begin a communication. And you can either ask this fairy a question and write the answer down. Now, what you're doing is you're going in through a gatekeeper, if you like, the first rung of the ladder. That first triad is what you're working with. You're working with your highest creativity you're working within a deep layer of the imagination but it isn't going to be the full expansive aspect of source so if you say to a fairy where are you from you might get the answer well i'm from fairyland you know but that's appropriate for a little fairy to say it's not going to start telling you it may do it depends what connection that entity has through your own perception but what happens is with the regular communication eventually this fairy begins to expand as you expand and then you start to connect with higher dimensions and eventually you will find yourself with the higher dimensional presentation. So that's just one technique. There are so, so many techniques. It's really about imagination, emotion, a higher vibrational emotion such as joy, love, enjoy what you're doing and um, um, a harmonious balance within the body. It's very important to work with Uh, traumas and issues because when you make a higher dimensional connection or a spiritual connection you reflect everything that you are so if you have buried trauma and issues and you're very fearful and worried and you know you have all sorts of issues you can reflect that so what i would say to anyone is work on the traumas and the issues first to get a, a fairly clear um field no one is expecting full clarity. You don't have to be perfect. I definitely wasn't perfect when I made a connection in 1993. I had all sorts of issues, but I wasn't, I I was working with trauma issues. There was nothing buried. Everything was coming out. So it's all about being aware of of where you are. Um, And then you'll reflect a matching frequency when you make that connection. Do you think everybody is ready um, for that though, even so they, they can access those powers. Do you think it's their journey to access those powers? I would, say on a, I would say on a linear level, on a third dimensional level, no, everyone is not ready because the traumas will reflect a matching frequency and they're not going to get higher dimensional information that they need to work on their own energy field first. So no, at this point on a third dimensional level, there are people that are not ready. And therefore, from that perspective, they will have made an agreement to come into this reality and they won't have chosen to experience higher dimensional connection or channeling or spiritual awareness in this lifetime from a third dimensional viewpoint. When you take the higher dimensional viewpoint, when I see through the eyes of the nine, Mm. 
from their point of view, everyone has already made this connection and the entire planet is um, covered with people that are making this connection, the whole of Earth. But obviously, that higher dimensional viewpoint is a future viewpoint. The higher dimensions are the future, light years in the future. So it's where we're going. So when I see through the eyes of the nine and I see their reality as my trajectory, then I know that we're going to a world where everyone does make this connection. But we aren't there now in 2017. Uh, however, we are on the path towards that. Whereas back in, um, let's say, for our argument's sake, prior to the year 2003, let's say, difficult to actually gauge, but let's say prior to around 2003, 2004, we were not headed towards a reality where everybody wakes up spiritually and makes a connection. We were on a trajectory to something less than that. We've shifted and we're now on a pathway to that. Doesn't mean we'll achieve it, but we're much closer to that timeline. So yes, in answer to your question, not everyone is ready at this point on a linear level to experience this. No, but I would say most people watching your show are. But do you feel like, as you're speaking about the shifts that's going on, do you feel like there's a big change this year that's leading people and using, using things like politics, things that's happening globally, it's all part of the shift? Indeed, most definitely. That's exactly how things are in 2017. Back in 2012, there was a, um, an awareness amongst many, many connected individuals that something had changed, that we'd gone through this shift. And it was spoken about, you know, all over the internet, the 2012 energy. Those individuals that moved into a knowing of this reality where there is freedom and sovereignty for everyone and spiritual connection and unity, those who held the knowing that they were heading towards that world created a manifestation and it's, it's been going in a four year jump. So with 2012, we're now in 2017. We're now seeing the first manifestations of that um, creation, if you like. So 2017 is a really significant year and there's so many shifts and changes going on. The nine call this year, the big reveal, that which has been hidden is coming to light. It's revealing truths on all levels. That's within yourself, your own buried issues and right across, you know, the third dimension and on the global stage and certainly within the political arena, most definitely, especially in America. So, um, so yes, in answer to your question, yes. How do you feel like these changes are going to have an impact on us where we're going within the next five years? Well, the impact has already started. And at the moment, um, it's creating division between people. Um, you know, the, the, there is um, a false narrative playing out, if you like. And that's the presentation of, of um, how most people see the world. So they're making sense of the world by, by looking at what is going on, by being shown information that's within their own psyche and within the reality. That's a false narrative. It's not the truth. Layers need to be uncovered. So when you wake up spiritually, it isn't just a connection with the divine and an open-hearted bliss, which it is, 
and you start to manifest the things you desire and make these amazing connections and, and, you know, raise your frequency. Exactly. That's what it is, but it is an unraveling and an uncovering of these layers. You start to go through this false narrative and you start to see very clearly what is false and what is the next level of truth. And that's happening right across the planet right now. Over the next five years, that's a difficult one because every timeline is a response to a choice made previously. So every, every single choice, if we're looking at an individual person, every choice they make creates a new potential, a new probability. And so it's very difficult to read uh, the future for people now because things are happening so very fast and that's the same globally. But what I would hazard a guess and from the information I've had from the nine is what I'm seeing occurring is a, a breakdown of this control system. And this is all in the book, Masters of the Matrix, mm -hmm. a system of control within the book. These individuals are explained as hijackers of our matrix. And the book is, is, is teaching people how to make their matrix field immune from hijacking. Therefore, they wear the badge of sovereignty. They become sovereign. So what's happening is we have this control system. You can call it the global elite, the globalists, the cabal, the Illuminati, service to self groups. There are so many names to give this energy, if you like. But it has been a controlling force on this planet for thousands and thousands of years. That structure is breaking down. It's been breaking down for a while and we have just reached a critical mass point amongst the light workers and the star seeds and the aware individuals. They have got to such a um, amount of people, amount of awareness that it's created a situation which is translated as the point of no return, meaning this dark structure is crumbling and it cannot get back to the place of control that it was in. So what we're going to see is constant um, uh, truth, real truth being delivered to the people on so many levels. And this is to do with um, things that have been kept from us, like free energy and um, healing, you know, healing of diseases like cancer and uh, the extraterrestrial involvement, the fact that we're a galactic society and that there are you know, the universe is teeming with life and that we've been in communication with these beings, these humans that are not born on earth. We've been in communication with them for years, that sort of thing. Yeah, I've been reading about the, um, the ex extraterrestrials and also I've been watching some of your, your videos on YouTube, which has been really informative. Do you think the extraterrestrials are actually rooming amongst us, taking the control and putting us or showing us different things that we want to see because like you know we are going through so many changes globally across the world and not a lot of people are reacting very well with this where i think this layers beneath that what not a lot of people are seeing do you feel like there is an involvement with conflict of extraterrestrials if that makes sense Indeed. Yes, I do. Um, there are two predominant vibrations, two predominant structures, service to self, which is a negative polarity and service to others, which is a positive polarity. And within those polarities, you have human beings and you have individuals who haven't chosen a polarity. Most people 
are unpolarized. They haven't polarized a service to others or service to self, positive or negative. Within that, you have an extraterrestrial faction and above that, a non-physical energetic, as in matrix, reality, um, six-dimensional structures that don't have physical form. So within that, you have an extraterrestrial um, uh, sort of structure. Now, some of those individuals are a negative polarized service to self energy and others are positive. So here on this planet, we have extraterrestrial beings, which are human, and some are different to humans, and some are quite different to humans. I mean, everything you can imagine in your mind exists, really, um, whether it comes into the, our reality or not, but um, it does in some form. Everything you can imagine will have a vibrational match within this reality. So some of these extraterrestrials are negative. Others are very positive. Um, there is a spiritual war going on, if you like. And um, whilst that is true, it's very important for anyone within a service to others vibration who links with the positive polarization not to see this as a war, because then that takes you into the polarity of battle, which is the very polarity that we are um, aiming to move away from. We're moving into universe. Fear based, exactly. But yes, in answer to your question, yes, on this planet and outside of this planet and in, you know, underground bases and inside the earth, that's mostly where they are, is in the earth. People yeah. ask me, is the earth, well, they ask the nine, is the earth hollow? There's a hollow earth theory that is the entire earth is completely hollow and there's a, a great big world inside, you know, with the sun and, and animals and everything. Well, when I asked the nine this question, what I was shown is, no, the earth is not hollow per se, as in it still has a geological structure with a core, but there are, there are parts of the earth that have, um, as the earth has evolved, it's evolved with these natural sort of caverns going inside going down into the center of the earth um, not quite into the center but there's caverns and they've been hollowed out and they've been used and there's also man-made bases so there are extraterrestrial uh, beings living inside the earth um i don't know if there are many walking amongst us on the surface of the earth i think yes they po possibly do um do that but you they would be the ones that look human the point is, um, it's time for us to know. We've been interacting with extraterrestrials on a negative and a positive vibration. And the positive ones are, it, are in very plentiful su supply. The positive entities do not want to see this world controlled any longer. But they cannot just land in their spaceships, get out and say, we're here, we're going to save you all. It doesn't work like that because they would be going against our free will. We've incarnated here to experience free will. So they can't do that. It isn't fair on us. It would be doing us a disservice and it would be very wrong. It would be negative and they would be creating a negative energy for us. We have to do it ourselves. We have to become sovereign ourselves. And the more sovereign we become, the more they can assist us. And that's really who the nine are. That's another aspect of the nine. They're not just six dimensional entities or my matrix field. They are extraterrestrial, positive, polarized beings. And they have, um, you know, form, if you like, within another planetary structure, as do we. We have more than one body. We, we have aspects of ourselves on other planets and in other dimensions. We're multidimensional beings. All of this is 
information that's been hidden from us. And these service to self groups, they know, they've known about all this information for thousands of years. They've changed our textbooks, our history books. They've changed the Bible. They've, they've taken information away from us so that we only know part of the picture. But they've been aware of this. Now it's the time for us to become aware of the real truth when it comes to history, science, the geology of the planet. That's what this 2007, this big reveal, that's what it's all about. And they aren't telling us. They're still keeping this from us. We, people like me and you and people who do these interviews and, you know, we're using um, the backdoor media. Most of the media is controlled. That's why you are not hearing all of this on the television because fake. it's a controlled fake media, fake, fake, fake news. As, as um, Donald Trump is saying, he's completely correct. And that's the false narrative. We're coming in through the back door, which is now no longer a back door. It was back in say 2008, 2009, the internet, YouTube is no longer a back door. It's a front door. You know, it's taken precedence. People watch the internet for information now far more than they do mainstream news, especially the youngsters, college age, um, you know, teenagers, early 20s. They're not sitting there watching the news. They are online and they're looking through social media. And so within this service to self group, you have individuals who want to deliver the truth to people. They do want everyone to know. And they've been told as well by extraterrestrials, it's time you know, it's way beyond time. Earth is ready to go galactic and take her place in a galactic society. It's time you tell your people about us. If you don't disclose us, we will do it for you. And that's what they've been doing, which is why people are, are seeing, you know, UFOs and having experiences and, you know, it's everywhere. There's, there are very few people who are not aware of the extraterrestrial um, cover up in some way. Now, many don't believe it. It's too, um, it's too fantastical for them to get their heads around. But when you talk to these people and say, well, look at the universe, look at the amount of planets there are, you know, but at the moment, it, it appears that they are starting to disclose something. Um, we are starting to be given a little bit of information within that false narrative. It's just that the cover-ups have been so very deep and some of them are so atrocious, the, the crimes that have been committed against humanity, that once one thing is revealed, everything else is going to come out and people are going to sort of see the reality that we've been living under for thousands of years and the control that we have been under for so long. Um, so there are people within the service to self realities that don't want this to come out or certainly within their lifetimes anyway, but it is coming out. It can't stop. It's, it's there now. If you want to find out this information, if you're interested in what I'm saying and you want to find out this information and you really truly want to know with a pure heart and you actually sit there and say, okay, I've just heard Petra Magenta Pixie speaking on an interview and she's saying all this stuff. I want to know if this is true. Please, if you're out there, if there really is a matrix field or higher dimensional entities looking out for me or, you know, if there is some kind of aspect within me that can teach me this, please, will you show me? If you make that plea with an open heart and you really want that, I guarantee you, you'll start to find this you will instantly start to break down the false narrative if you ask for truth and you live your life in truth you're a good person you will discover this thank you 
Thank you so much. Um, Petra, we are running out of time. We have eight minutes left. I could speak to you forever. Uh, honestly, I could. Um, we're going to, I'm going to read your book. Can, we, can you please tell us how we can find you, um, about your book that's coming out and any upcoming events that you'll be doing? Well, if you go to my website, magentapixie.com, then there's a section there where you can um, take a look at the book and purchase the book if you want to. It's on Amazon. Um, on magentapixie.com, I have an events page. So um, that will also um, list the events. So live events, because um, I'm doing quite a few uh, online um, you know, talks and interviews and things like that and webinars coming up and... Uh, but live events at the moment, um, I'm speaking in Southampton here in the UK um, on May the 9th. And then I'm speaking at the In5D conference in oh, London. Man. Yeah, that's wonderful that you're coming. In5D. So if you type in In5D as in I-N number 5D, Michelle Walling, you will find the In5D um, you know, website and the list of their conferences. So I'm speaking for them in London um, on the 28th of May. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much for coming and sharing space and energy with me. Um, I'm looking forward to speaking to you and seeing you at your conferences again. I think you're going to do amazing. That'd be lovely to meet you in person. I'm glad you got the book, uh, the copy of the book. I know you only received it last night. So, um, and thank you so much for inviting me to talk. Um, I wish you wonderful luck with your, your shows. And I think that... Um, you know, it's great. It's so positive. And I would love to speak again. If ever you'd like to talk to me again, I'd love to. So oh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks a lot.